Hey everyone, it's your boy Captain Hunter coming at you again. And I wanted to just give a brief, um, analysis of the situation that's going on down in North Carolina, down in Elizabeth City, North Carolina. And down in Elizabeth City, North Carolina, there was a young man or a man by the name of Andrew Brown Jr. who was shot and killed by, by uh, sheriff's deputies down there as they were trying to serve a warrant on him. Um, so I'm not in the camp of people defending people who will want to run away from the police or fight with the police or anything along those lines. Um, but I do think that we ought to be able to take people into custody, arrest them, process them without them dying and being killed by us as police officers. I, I, I don't think that's a reasonable expectation of us to do our job effectively, efficiently. And I think that that's a minimum uh, when considering that we are serving the public and the, and the public. Um, we have the police. The public is the police and the police are the public. We want to bridge the divide between the police and the communities that they serve. And so I want to make sure that um, that we're doing everything we can in order to make sure that we take people into custody and continue to bolster our, our systems and our economics and, and, and how we are viewed and all that kind of thing. And so when we have a, a case, as in this case, when there just seems to be the extreme thumbing of the nose into police transparency, and this guy, this uh, district attorney, is saying, I don't care, seemingly to say, I don't care what, what anyone is saying. I'm going to have a press conference. I'm going to give out packets, but I'm not going to show the video. I'm not going to release the video. Uh, I, I don't care what anybody says. And I think that that is such a horrible, horrible way of doing business. I think it continues to foster mistrust and distrust of the police and the public. I think you should, I think you should release the, the body cam footage. I think you should release the, the, the video. Um, and more than what he's going to show here at this, at this particular conference. Now, what he showed at the conference is good. It shows the interaction from the time that the police officers got there to the time that they, that they left. But I'm not saying that it's, that it's fully, uh, uh, uh no full trans, transparency. He obviously is showing it. The, the time that they cite is 44 minutes, uh, of 44 seconds of interaction. I'm going to show, you know, what he showed at the conference. So, so you'd be the judge. Do we need to see more or do we not need to see more? Uh, do we need to see the life-saving efforts uh, that the officers did when they tried to save uh, Mr. Brown's life? No, uh, in my in my estimation. But what I am concerned about, and number one, is the is the transparency. I think that more ought to be done. How much more we can debate that? But but certainly he showed some, which I give him a lot of credit for. He produced stills, uh, which showed that he that he had. Now I don't know. I'm not fully uh, immersed. I'm fully up to speed on the laws of, Cal of North Carolina and as far as them shooting into fleeing cars. Most states and many states are, are getting away from that or stopping that. And it's becoming against policies, procedures, and even against state laws against shooting into fleeing cars. Is that the case here? As you're going to hear him detail, the first shot uh, was when the... Uh, Brown was driving at officers. One guy had his hand on the car, or an officer had his hand on the, on the front of the car, pushed away, and then at somewhere around that point, uh, a f shot was fired through, and went through the front windshield. Given their state laws, if they don't have any prohibitions against shooting into fleeing cars, that may be acceptable. Okay, that's that's not a problem. Okay, no, no problem there, no problem. The second problem, the second point that I want to bring up is that after the shooting, uh, after the first shot is fired, now the car is is almost by the officers and he's driving into, uh, he's driving away. Brown is now driving away from the officers. And now the officers are now pelting the back of the car with bullets. 
you're going to hear him and hear him say that they shot into the back windshield and into the trunk. How the question has to be raised: How much of a threat is Mr. Brown as he's driving away? Now he's going to mention Wombly. The district attorney is going to mention that there was officers stationed towards where Mr. Um, uh, Mr. Brown was driving too. Well, Mr. Brown more than likely did not know that because they're in unmarked cars. Uh, so who presents the greater challenge? Who begins the greater? Who presents the greater threat? Mr. Brown, who's just trying to get away from the officers and uh, driving. Yeah, he's trying to get away from the officers or the officers who are actually shooting in the direction of Mr. Brown, who is then shooting, who is then in the, who's in the line of sight of these, of these individuals, of, of these officers, right? So who's now presenting more of a greater threat? Not to mention that, he, that, the, that you can see a row of houses behind uh, Brown and, and, and apparently where the other officers are stationed at. So you're shooting at this guy. <laughs> You're shooting at this guy you, who you want to protect from the community and from the public, but but they're shooting at at someone who's in the line of sight or at least the backdrop is uh, 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 is your, your own officers and or civilians in their homes. Really, really doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, but the biggest reason I want to present this this video once again is for full and open and honest transparency. Uh, he released packets to to the media. Um, you know, so so take from it what we what we what you will. But let me just get into this, and we'll, we'll just kind of show this video here. And uh, I'm going to stop it and um, make it larger when we get to the actual videos, uh, so we can see exactly what's going on here. So let's let's take it from the top. Enforcement officers who had now surrounded his vehicle. Despite this tense situation and the aggressive driving by Mr. Brown, no law enforcement officer fired a shot. As Brown's car starts forward, Deputy Lunsford was now positioned directly in front of the vehicle, and all officers were shouting commands to stop. Brown ignored the commands and drove directly at Deputy Lunsford. Deputy Lunsford used his left hand to push off of the hood. It was at this moment that the first shot is fired. Deputy Lunsford then spun out of the way to avoid being run over by Brown. Okay, so we'll be able to check that out in a minute. I don't have a problem with that, right? If he's driving away, put your hand on it, spin out the way, okay, maybe even fire a shot, yeah, depending on the, on the laws there in the state of California, uh, North Carolina. That may, that may or may not be a problem. So the first shot, which goes through the windshield, as he's going to say in a second here, probably don't have a problem with based on the laws in of North Carolina. According to the North Carolina Justice Academy forensic analyst Kaysen Reynolds, the first shot was fired by Sergeant Meads and it entered the front windshield of Mr. Brown's car. Into the front. So not even the guy who was being, who was almost being run at uh, sh shot. Not even him. <laughs> it was somebody else who fired the shot. Really, really, really questionable shooting here. Really, really questionable. Let me say that again. It entered the front windshield. Yeah, 
he's stressing the point that the shot went in the front windshield. So it almost makes it look like this is the, the whole incident was a justified shoot. So maybe the first shot was a justified sh- sh- shooting. I can't, I can't see how the rest of it is, though. Brown's car continued forward, passing Deputy Lunsford, Deputy Morgan, and Sergeant Meads, and several shots are heard. One shot entered the passenger window and struck Brown in the shoulder. Several more entered the rear passenger side door and window. Rear passenger door and window. So he's driving by them and they're still shooting. They're on the side of him and they're still shooting. Is that a deadly force situation? I can't imagine it being that way. Brown's vehicle then accelerated across the vacant lot next to 421 Perry Street, and five additional shots entered the rear windshield and trunk of Brown's vehicle. At this moment, Brown was driving directly at Investigator Johnson, who was positioned on Roanoke Avenue in an unmarked white van. So if he's driving directly at this guy, you're firing now shots at them. I'm sure if he's in the unmarked van that they don't, that Brown doesn't know who he is. You're shooting at him. You're shooting at him. I don't think my pointer is here, but I'm, my pointer is at the car here. You're shooting at the car who's driving at the white van that's up in the further corner here. Let me see if I can make this any bigger. Um, let me see here. Let's see here. Lieutenant Judd was positioned on the corner of Roanoke and Perry in an unmarked white Crown Victoria. So there's unmarked cars, and this guy's supposed to know who they are. Is, is that what he's saying? And as, again, I can, as you can see in, the, in my pointer, if you can see my pointer, the blue car here is Brown's car. He's driving and there's cars and there's a row of houses behind him. So you're shooting into a car. What if these shots go straight and hit the people that you say that you're trying to protect the two officers in an unmarked car and or a, in a civ- civilian? I, I just can't see this being a good shooting. Early missed striking the van operated by investigator Johnson who accelerated to avoid the collision. So he speeds up to get out the way. No no issue with that. I mean, Brown's vehicle crossed Roanoke Avenue and struck a tree in the residence on Roanoke Avenue and came to rest. The Pasquotank County team gave chase, removed Brown from the driver's seat, and life-saving efforts were immediately begun. At 8.24, deputies notified dispatch of shots fired. Emergency medical services were requested at 8.26 a.m. Lieutenant Judd was the supervising officer. He was on the scene at the time of the shooting. Other supervising officers of Pasquotank County Sheriff's Office arrived, including Chief Deputy Fogg, who collected the weapons and cell phones of the officers who fired. All of the following is clearly depicted on the body cameras that were operational and functioning properly on April 21, 2021. They were being warned by the aforementioned Pasquotank County Sheriff's officers. The total length of officer involvement with Mr. Brown from the time they exited the vehicle until Mr. Brown was removed from the vehicle 
is 44 seconds. I'm now going to show you the four body cam videos that, did, that depict law enforcement activity with Mr. Brown on that day. All those shots that we can see right there. We see the first, we see, or at least hear the first shot, bam. Then as he's driving, continuing to drive, that's when the rest of the shots continue to be fired. Row of houses, your, your people are down here, your officers are down here. Wow, wow, wow. This guy right here, that particular body cam, that guy was shooting at all.
Okay, so that's that. Let me try to get myself back up here now. Okay. Uh, let's see. And I want to. I want to uh, put myself up here. Uh, okay. So, um, again, this video is it's not a full breakdown of the. Uh, t uh, of the tactics uh, by the officers there, but it's about the the, the lack of transparency. Um, I do question the the, uh, and I do have a lot of disagreement with the findings of the of the district attorney there. Again, this is subject to review. Uh, he's not going to release the full uh, body cam footage. When I say subject to review, what I mean is is that he's not going to. Uh, uh, there, there's going to be a DOJ invest investigation. I'm sure that there's civil suits, if that has not already been handled and filed and all that kind of stuff. So, listen, uh, we've got to be transparent. Transparency leads to public confidence, leads to the procedural justice, leads to the police legitimacy. And when we fail to have that, then that presents such a problem, such a problem. So, that's the reason for this. And, um, you know, this, this video is going to be broken down further, step by step, frame by frame by, by DOJ investigators. Um, but, but my analysis upon looking upon this is that it, it was really, really problematic. And, um, you know, I just, I'm just not buying the, what the district attorney there is, is trying to sell us. So let me know your, your thoughts, your comments, but really this is about police transparency. Gotta be transparent. Gotta be transparent with all the way things and all that kind of stuff. So listen, everyone, uh, once again, just let me know your thoughts, your comments, which it's, um, and, uh, much love and peace, you know, that's it.